we're going to look tonight. I, I am on fire with, I believe, the Holy Spirit. I wish I was in our building because I'd be walking up and down the aisles tonight. I'd be laying hands on people. I'd be breaking bottles of oil and pouring the oil over people's heads. I can't do that, but I'm going to do the best I can. And I'm going to preach and teach according to what I believe is the Holy Spirit saying to us tonight. So, <coughs> I'm going to bring part two of the insult. We looked at part one. I'm not really going to go into part one. You can look at it on any of our libraries, YouTube, Facebook and so on. But I will look at this little bit of it tonight. If you remember, we were looking at uh, this map and we saw Jesus coming from, this is the last time you get to see it, Judea up to Galilee, had to go through Samaria. It's a bit like the lockdown. Galilee is the new normal. So he finds himself back in the land of the Jews. They were Jews, they were Jews, they really weren't. He's back in the land of the Jews. But just as Matthew tells us in Matthew 26, verse 73, your accent tells us you're definitely from Galilee. Servant girl said it to Peter. Everyone from Galilee had such a different accent. It's a bit like you come from Cork, you've got an accent. And to warriors anywhere, and I'm sure to theirs, if you're from Belfast, it's so different. So it was a very different accent. When you go into a new situation, as we're all um, moving quite fast now at this stage into, it, life has a new accent. So Jesus is in a place with a new accent, and we saw, of course, that he... When he went into Samaria, the first place he went to wasn't Capernaum, where his base was. It wasn't Nazareth, where he was born. He went to Cana. <coughs> this is where he had earlier turned water into wine, his first miracle. And we saw that wine really stands for joy, 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 joy. That's what it stands for. And Jesus turned water into wine. Final part from last time, we saw what I call the second insult of Cana at the second um, miracle, or it can be misinterpreted as an insult. A man whose son was dying and he asked Jesus to heal him. And Jesus said, unless you people see miracles, you'll never believe. And this could so easily be taken as an insult um, but it wasn't an insult because Jesus was speaking to a wider context and the man never took it as an insult and because he didn't, his son was healed. And I'm here tonight, I'm going to look at another insult uh, that happened in Cana and I'm saying this because I know the Lord is saying, do not close down on the Lord. Do not shut up on what the Holy Spirit wants to do because you perceive wrongly that Jesus is insulting you or that there's something happening in your life that doesn't um, work for you and you're really offended, upset, you're distressed, you're agitated, something is wrong, I'm asking you to pause, press the pause button and just see what maybe the Holy Spirit is saying into your life tonight as we look at this scripture. So I'm going to look at John 2 tonight, we were in John 4. So we're going back to the future to fully get what happened in John 4 that we've been looking at over the last three times I was speaking. We're going to look at John 2. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that through these tiny screens, something of heaven would kiss earth tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless Amen. your word to our Amen. souls. Amen. Amen.
Let's go for it. 1 to 11. Jesus was at a wedding in Cana with his mother and disciples. When the wine was gone, his mother said to him, They have no more wine. He replied, Woman, why do you involve me? This is not my time. Do whatever he, Jesus asks of you, she said to the servants. Fill those empty jars with water, Jesus said to them. And so they filled the jars right up to the top. Now take some and bring it out to the banquet master. Then when he sipped it, the banquet, banquet master tasted beautiful wine. However, he did not realize that where this wine had come from. And he said to the groom, you've kept the best until last. This was Jesus' first miracle, which took place at Cana in Galilee. With this miracle, Jesus revealed his glory, and so his disciples put their faith in him. Amen. What does that mean for you and me today? What's that saying? Is this just a bit of theology on a Tuesday night? Or is this that and a lot more? I believe it's a lot more than just theology. You see how Mary came to Jesus and she said, they have no more wine. On Sunday we were looking at how this meant the joy had gone in their situation. And we prayed into that last Sunday. Now I'm fascinated in this instance with Mary because it shows <coughs> like a lot of mothers, not all, but a lot, that she had a heart beyond herself. I don't know if you've ever been to weddings, I've been to a lot of them, but you get some people and they're only concerned with, I want more of this, I didn't get enough potatoes or whatever. Mary wasn't thinking about herself at all. She had a heart for the wider situation. She was probably in some way related or else a good friend of the people there, but she cared about the others at the wedding banquet or feast. So she comes to Jesus and she said this. It was nothing to her. She cared for others. And look at what Jesus said to her. Woman, why do you involve me? This is not my time. Woman, why do you involve me? This is not my time. Remember, this is right at the start of Jesus' ministry. He'd never done a miracle before. And because of this, Mary asked Jesus to do this. And Jesus comes back. And I'm putting it out there that this is where we could see the first insult. What a thing to say to your mother. She was just concerned about the wider situation. And if Mary had misinterpreted what Jesus said, there would have been no miracle. There would have been no joy. If you misinterpret what God is doing in your life, you won't have any joy. If you shut down and go off in a huff, and I'm prophesying this, you won't have any joy. But Mary didn't. Now, there's always things lost in translation. Um, if I was to say to Denise, woman, where's my dinner? She would rightly um, be a little upset. But you see, that's English. But um, in Aramaic, the way he, way he said it was more like dear woman. So he wasn't being disrespectful. Point number one. But also, he was just reminding her of his situation. He was only just starting out in ministry. But she said something 
wonderful. And this shows that she did not take insult because she said, Do whatever Jesus asks of you, Mary said to the servants. Do whatever he asks of you. That's a word of knowledge. Someone knows. Some of, you, some of you are watching and some of you know Jesus has asked you to do something. And maybe it's something you don't really want to do or maybe it's just something you've never done before. Do whatever Jesus asks of you. Make sure it's the Lord and then you do it. This was Mary's response. What brilliant advice. It doesn't get better than that. You want to live a blessed life? You want to live the best life you can live? Do whatever Jesus asks you to do. So here we see uh, Mary's response. Jesus said, it wasn't my time. My time has not yet come. However, take this on board, lads. Even though it was out of Jesus' time frame, he loved everyone there so much. And he loved his mother and he loved the people there and he cared. He moved, as it were, the timeline. It sounds like Jean-Luc Picard now in Star Trek or something, you know. The space-time continuum. But it's like he moved the timeline. Even though the timeline was for later, Jesus moved it. Do you think he can do that for you? You read about Hezekiah, who was meant to die, and it says the Lord changed his mind in the Old Testament. He turned his face to the wall when he knew he was about to die, and he wept bitterly. And, Jesus, and the Lord's heart was moved. And the prophet Isaiah had been walking across the courtyard, having delivered um, a message of death. And the Lord said, go back and tell him, no, he'll live. Anyway, Jesus changed the timeline here. It tells us how much he cared. Here we see Jesus then speaking into the situation. He said, Jesus said, fill those empty jars and they filled each one to the very top. He said, fill those empty jars with water. And they filled each one to the very top. You know what I think the water stands for tonight? Water is very different from joy. Water is a bit like us trying to minister and connect online instead of the real thing. We're trying to do it the best way we can within the circumstances of the coronavirus situation. But it's like water at times instead of wine. But yet Jesus said, fill them up. Fill them up. And Jesus is about to turn our water into wine. You might be claiming coronavirus payment. You might be struggling with all kinds of things at home. Maybe you're not. But you know what? Jesus said, fill them up. You know what the Bible calls you and me? Empty jars. That's what we are. Mm. We're, we're jars of clay. Mm. Our bodies literally have the components of the earth or clay, or dirt, the Americans call it. <coughs> I think earth sounds much nicer than dirt, but anyway. We're, we're empty jars, and Jesus said, fill the empty jars. So tonight I'm asking you, are you empty? Because I think some of us are. Are you empty? Jesus Christ wants to fill you. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you with wine. Now, he doesn't want you drunk, don't get me wrong, but he wants to fill you with joy. 
Here's a bit more challenging one, and this is where I think quite a number of us perhaps are at. Maybe you're half full. And this is where it gets kind of grey. Because if you're half full, you're going, well, I'm not as bad as him. I'm certainly not as bad as her. I'm actually okay. I mightn't be, you know, the strongest Christian, and I mightn't be doing an awful lot of reading of the Bible or praying, but you know, I'm kind of hanging in there. I kind of tune in once a month and see what the bald fella is saying, or maybe the other fella. Kind of do. If you're half full, it's no good. Jesus wants you full to the top. Would anyone say amen? amen. amen. Full to the top. If you read the scripture, the word we use in English is full to the brim. It's a bit like if you move it at all, it starts overflowing. And that's what Jesus did in Cana. As soon as he went into Galilee, he went back to where this had happened. Here we have the second miracle. And he's saying, don't be satisfied with half full. Definitely don't be satisfied with empty. Jesus wants you and me and all of us full. So the jars were filled to the very brim. I'm going to stop and pause for one moment and I'm going to challenge and I'm going to ask you something. If you feel in any way that you are empty or you're half full or only two thirds full, do you know, I would love to walk down to you. I would walk down if we were in McCurtain Street, or I'd call you up and I'd physically put mm -hmm. hands mm -hmm. on you, but I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you to do, put a hand on your own head, or put a hand on your heart. Mm -hmm. And if you're really embarrassed about what people will think, serve the audience of one. Mm -hmm. Forget what people will think. If your Auntie Jane is over there and she'll give you a queer look, let her have you a queer look. You're communicating with your creator. I'm going to ask you, if you feel that way, we're just going to pause for a moment. Put your hand on your head or put your hand on your heart. Are we ready to pray? Yeah. If you're falling asleep, if you've one eye on something else, I'm telling you, God won't bless you. You're missing out on what God wants to do tonight. I challenge you to come into this. So let's pray. In the name of Jesus. For everyone who's got a hand on their head or on their heart, mm. we pray now, Lord, a filling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A filling of the Holy Spirit that will overflow. Amen. I ask you, Lord Jesus, whatever it is that is causing my brothers and sisters mm. to empty down, I pray their desire would increase and rise up. And that each one would begin to be filled mm. with the wine that you give us, the joy that is our strength. Come, Lord, mm. and change our situation and help us to be stronger, not weaker, during this season. Let our water turn to wine in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're not finished yet. We're going to keep on preaching for another bit, if that's okay with you. Actually... Whether it is or it isn't, it's going to keep happening anyway. Look what happens. When the wine was taken out to the banquet master, he was like the guy who was hired to look after the wedding feast. He did not realize where it would come from. The Holy Spirit is saying tonight that some of you have been deeply blessed and in your souls, you actually don't realize where it's come from. And the Lord is saying, stop. Can I get your attention? 
the blessing has come from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's come from Him. You're kind of going, gosh, why did that happen to me? And why did I have favour there? And why is that door opened? And why have I felt that peace? It's the Lord. Give to the Lord the blessing due His name. Give Him the credit. The Lord has done it. The banquet master didn't know where the wine had come from. God forbid that any of us as Christians today are ignorant that all blessings come from God's hands. That's how it works. So he didn't know where it came from. Where is your joy coming from? Do you really know where it's coming from? It's coming from the Lord. And I pray tonight that you will acknowledge it and maybe for one or two of you that you will actually give witness to someone who's not a Christian and tell them, you know why that door opened in my life? Do you know why I have a peace even though there's all this stuff going on? It's because of the Lord. Amen. Give credence to the Lord. Mm. Confess him before men. And the Bible tells us he will confess you or he will acknowledge you mm. or me before the angels in heaven. I, I love what Billy Sunday says. Billy Sunday was, um, I suppose, the Billy Graham in the 1920s, 30s, 40s in America. And he just said it straight out. If you have no joy, then there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. Now, he's right, because we all leak. The thing is, serious Christians are concerned about the leak. And they don't just not care. They want to block up the leak, they want to plug it, and they want to be filled again. And that's what we're praying for tonight. You know what the banquet master said? He said, you have kept the best until now. And that's because um, in Irish there's an old saying that says there was the freshest of food, I translate it, and the oldest of wine at, at a feast. And so the older wine is, uh, the better it is. And normally at these wedding feasts, they served the best wine at the beginning, when everyone was really tasting. And then when they had had a lot to eat and drink, they weren't really sensitive to it, and they'd serve the, serve the cheaper, the new wine later on. But this was of such quality. The wine was of the best quality. The joy was deeper than anything they had experienced before. And this was the best. I'm going to prophesy into three people's lives tonight. And I believe this is God saying, this is the best he wants for you. I'm going to describe the type of person you are. You can acknowledge it before the Lord. You can contact me later on or tomorrow on WhatsApp or text or mail or messenger or whatever it is you use. Or you needn't contact me. But I'm giving out three personal words of knowledge, prophetic words for three different people. First one is to a young man in his 20s. And you're just about hanging on in there with your faith. You're watching this tonight by the skin of your teeth. And the Lord is speaking into your life tonight. And he's saying, stop. This is what the Lord is saying. Stop. You're being enticed away. And it's like a poison coming into your soul. You love the Lord, but something or someone is enticing you away and you're almost gone. And the Lord is saying tonight, stop. Here's what he's saying to you. You're a fighter. Naturally, you're a fighter. You're well able to protect yourself. How about fighting the good fight? 
To mind your fists in a real fight, how about fighting the good fight? And fight what the devil is saying to you, and fight whatever it is that's enticing you away, because God is jealous for your heart, and he doesn't want to lose you. And so tonight, young man in your 20s, you know something is enticing you away, tonight God is going to turn you around if you let him. Fight the good fight. Get on your knees and pray, and the Lord will deliver you. Second word is to a man in his 40s, and this is what I saw. I saw a married man with kids and two huge boulders on each shoulder. You are carrying the weight of all the issues in your family on your own shoulders. And the Lord is saying, stop as well. You were never meant to carry it. The Lord wants to take that. You literally have to do something mentally, emotionally, spiritually, maybe even physically. Maybe you need to leave the house and go out and stand in the garden or something. But you need to go, I am not meant to care this deeply because caring can cross over a line into being totally anxious and quite um, laid and burdened down by the cares of this world. And the Lord is saying, hand it over. You need to do it mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So God is saying to you right now, hand it over, I look after it. I own the cattle on a thousand mm. hills. I'm the one who looks after even the sparrow. You're mm. conscious about finances. You're wondering where's the money gonna come from. And the Lord is saying, I look after you. But you have to let it go and stop doing it yourself. Mm. Final word is for a lady who is 50 or more, 50 plus. And what I felt the Holy Spirit saying is there is a sadness and there is a loneliness in your soul. And this is what I felt the Holy Spirit say. Somewhere in your history, you've been rejected by someone. And you've taken that wound with you. And right now you are misinterpreting a friendship. And this is a friendship, maybe it's a relationship. Um, that's not really alive right now, and you're misinterpreting it as rejection. And the Lord is saying, it's not. This is your heart speaking. Mm -hmm. It's not the reality of what's going on. And you're kind of at a crossroads with this connection with this other person. And the Lord is saying, I'm for that connection. I'm not against it. So I'm going to pray right now into those three situations. Mm, mm. Into our sister who is lonely, who is feeling rejected. I pray now, Lord, you would open her eyes to Amen. the true reality. Amen. Amen. To our brother who is burdened down with the cares of how to pay all the bills. Oh God, give him a revelation yes, of Jehovah Jesus. Jireh. Yes, you are more than enough. El Shaddai. Become to him, oh God, the God who will look after everything mm. and set him free. And to our younger brother in his 20s, I pray he would fight the good fight tonight. And he would overcome what the enemy is trying to do in his soul in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm not finished yet. Another small bit in the preaching, guys. So hang in there. Let's just see where we're going to go finally with Jesus' revisit of Cana. The first visit and the second visit, and we're back at the first. Here's how it goes towards the end. The Bible says, this was Jesus' first miracle. He revealed his glory, and so his disciples put their faith in him. I know that as we are all now moving into our Galilee, that Jesus wants to reveal his glory. 
Do you know what I was reading today? A friend put it up. I must post it on social media during the week. A hundred years ago, I was reading a whole lot of churches, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal churches, anyway, in America, had to close down because of Spanish influenza. So many people were getting sick with Spanish influenza. All the churches were ordered to close. And you know what the churches said over a hundred years ago? They said, how about we use the time that we used to be going to church to pray and read the scriptures and let's hear God. They didn't have what we have tonight or on Sundays. And out of that, great revivals came. I know some people are saying, oh, churches are going to close down after this. I'm sure many will, particularly those who perhaps weren't really doing an awful lot. But you go to a city called Birmingham in the United Kingdom, and after they had a bit of a lockdown, there was a mighty revival in the 1920s um, with what became known as the Elam Pentecostal movement. There was always a great move afterwards. My soul tells me we're moving into a great move. But you know what? We need to be ready. We need to be ready. And Jesus wants to reveal his glory. So let's put our faith in him. If you're watching tonight and you've never done it, put your faith in Jesus. Amen. If you've done it before, make sure you've blocked up your leak and be filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. As I come to a conclusion, let's remember what Psalm 104 and verse 15 says. You have given me wine to make my heart rejoice and oil to make my face shine. We sing that old mm. song. You have given me the wine to make my heart rejoice and the oil to make my face to shine. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. That was an old song we sing um, about two years ago. No, about 40 <laughs> years ago. Um, it still resonates in my soul mm. even to this day. Mm. He's the one who wants to give you wine. He turns our water Amen. into wine. So I'm going to pray just before we play our final worship song of Sophia and the guys singing, Water You Turned Into Wine. Mm. We're going to pray that you will experience the wine and the oil. And we're going to pray that God's glory would be revealed in your family, in your house, in your bedroom, in your sitting room, in your car. Come Holy Spirit, reveal your glory. Let there be such a connection that Cork and Ireland will never be the same Amen. again. Let there be such a connection that every shop and office and building site represented by us will never be the same Amen. again. Let there be such a revelation of glory that every family would be impacted wonderfully mm. by what you're doing. We pray this, we pray it mightily. Amen. As you Block up all of our leaks, <clears throat> and as you bless our futures, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's me and us, um, more or less done for tonight. Michael and Elma and Rory are going to be back on Sunday, uh, broadcasting from McCurtain Street. They live there. They have a tent inside <laughs> there. They haven't even left the building. <laughs> the guys are going to be in there, and they're going to um, minister to us next Sunday and Tuesday. So thank you for watching in. Please do keep the comments going on the comment lines. They're live now. We're going to pray, play the worship music here. And so let's continue uh, fellowshipping, maybe praying, and just reflecting on what God wants to do for our future. God bless you guys. Amen.